If you want to watch a movie where the main character does more twitching than emoting, this is the movie for you. Jamie? Yes. David? Yep. Let's go watch Scanners. out there this welcome to another is it a it's a teenth now right we're no no, we're, no no this is 20 we have lord have mercy 20 of these we have done and welcome to the 20th episode then of tonight's podcast or today's podcast of good times great movies I am here, as always, as part of your hosting team, Jamie Lorello. Uh, alongside me is DP McCambridge. And um, tonight, actually, we have a special guest. <gasps> so special. So special. And I, I really have to say, our, our guest, first of all, is David Blakesley. You can say hello, whatever you want to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, definitely, Doug, Jamie. And that vast army of good times, great movie <laughs> listeners out there. I'm very thrilled to be part of this uh, awesome happening. Podcast. You know that it's just me listening back to this, right? There's there's no vast <laughs> army. There's nothing. It's just me. Sometimes Jamie listens, but it's pretty much just me. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell my dear old wizened Aunt Prunella about this, and that'll excellent, the audience, awesome. Okay? <laughs> and I I do have to say, and I I don't want to spend the entire podcast just fawning over our guest, but I will oh, because only because I'm relatively new to the I don't know I don't know when the podcast universe started the podcastosphere yeah. but <laughs> I started listening maybe in 2010 2011 and I knew I wanted to listen to stuff dealing with film and I jumped all over the place mm. and I don't know David do you know of the um auteur cast it doesn't exist anymore but oh yeah, yeah right well mm-hmm. Rudy and yeah. West for sure yeah so I used great. to listen to that and I loved it and then I stumbled upon you guys <laughs> at Criterion cast and it's yeah. I've been listening yep. ever since so it's well, I don't know if you know, but Rudy was one of the yes. founders of Criterion Cast. Yeah, okay, so I, I think he was there yeah. before I got into it, huh? but uh, yeah. I'm... Right. Yeah, he he and, you know, uh, well, Ryan and Travis mm-hmm. and Rudy started Criterion Cast back in uh, 2009, okay. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same year that I started my blogging series at Criterion Reflections. And uh, Ryan found me and kind of invited me to kind of link up with them. I did a guest appearance talking about an old genre noir film from the 1930s, Boudou Safe from mm-hmm. Drowning, oh. which, uh, don't bother looking it up because the audio is terrible. <laughs> I, oh. I was such a novice to podcasting. I had this really cheap little $5 Best Buy mic, and I just plugged it in and figured, well, they'll, they'll pick me up just fine. But, uh, you know, I learned a lot about podcasting since that first uh, kind of abortive attempt. I mean, they did put the episode up. But the sound was was pretty blotchy, so it's kind of a, a hard grind to get through. But that oh, led to bigger okay. and better things. I started writing a column for Criterion Cast, and then uh, we got this idea to do a, an Eclipse series mm-hmm. episode, uh, you know, kind of their obscure DVD line. Oh. And uh, that's just kind of blossomed from there. So, uh, yeah, I, I've really enjoyed the relationships and the connections and just the opportunity to really dig into 
really fun and unusual movies that I probably would have never seen if it mm. hadn't been for this little scene that I've uh, fallen into. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely glad to be part of this, and I've been doing some guest spots on a few other shows, and uh, glad to add this one to my uh, resume. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Thank you very much for yeah. being with us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we're here to talk about 1981 Scanners. And, oh. David, you mentioned yeah. that this is a different film than you're used to talking about. and uh... <laughs> Yeah, you know, this isn't totally new territory for me, but it's not the kind of thing that I've been called upon to uh, expound and, and offer my uh, erudite opinions. So, uh you know, here yeah, I am. and it's it's the kind of movie that if anybody had basic cable in the late '80s or early '90s, you probably saw it. I mean, I don't know. I can only assume how much of it was cut out when it was shown on TV. Jamie, you're shaking your head. This I had not. Yeah, yeah, I had never, no, never experienced it. But I did. I did. Well, well, let me ask you a question before we get into it. I mean, as far as Cronenberg goes. I mean, you're familiar with The Fly, of course. Yes, and yes, beyond yes. that, anything that you know of that he's done or that you've seen or remember seeing that he's done? No, no, I can honestly no. say not. I know. Am I awful? Is that awful? No. No, no it's, it's great. Okay. No, I, I don't judge people for films that they haven't seen. No, yet. no, 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 definitely. I think, I think at one point <laughs> I recommended Crash after one of our episodes. Yes. Um, yes, but not the bad crash. Not said. the bad, not mm-hmm. the bad crash that everybody <laughs> instantly hated after right. everybody loved it when it came out. Yes, no, the the weird sex car crash. <laughs> crash. Yes. Um, okay. Well, th- well, then this will be a lot of fun. So let's just jump in, shall we? All this right, is, this is going to be great. Okay. So it's David. It's David Cronenberg. This was 1981, and yeah. I think it came right after The Brood. Is that right? The Brood was 79. I think this yeah. was his next yeah. film. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we're introduced to our our hero, the hero of the film, uh, sneaking in a back entrance at a mall. I guess it's a mall, right? I think it's a food court. Yeah, yeah, yeah like sort of a mall. Right, a food yeah. court yeah. where he. Proceeds to steal food from people. He takes some guy's fries. He takes a cigarette away from another guy sitting at a table. Yeah, yeah, I had to yeah. rewatch that because I was like, where did he get this food? Where did he get this cigarette? Sadly, I the first – I was going to say first time I watched it. I watched it twice in preparation just to did let you, you know. Did you? Oh, I'm dedicated here. Yes. <laughs> well – I will say I never podcast or blog about a movie without watching it at least twice, maybe three times. So I, I do dig in. So I like it. That's amazing. Good man, Doug. I, no. I endorse <laughs> I'm glad you're here because Jamie tried to shame me when I said I watched um, Desperately Seeking Susan three times before we talked about it, which is a little embarrassing. I, I will admit to that. I, I, I always find more on the second and third mm. viewing. I, 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 if it's a movie I'm going to really talk about, even if it's a piece yeah. of crap – I want to know that – I want to analyze that piece of crap you gotta get and, and know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you got to be sure it is that piece of crap that you thought it was the first time. <laughs> Somebody cared enough to make this thing. True. What, True what's story. Behind that? True story. Yeah. So our hero seems to be a homeless derelict. And yeah. he he's very quietly shamed by an older woman who is sitting at a table <laughs> actually not too far from him. But I guess we – Start to get the sense that he has some sort of psychic abilities. Yeah. Because yeah, he has weird facial contortions <laughs> and then this 
His eyes start pointing in different directions. Yeah. And I think there's some... I'm sure that was the casting the audition piece that nailed it. I think it there's some over, right? forehead sweat that begins to like bunder oh, yeah. up there, and yeah. then um, yeah, the poor woman just goes into a full-on seizure, basically. Right? Yeah. She just yeah. her, her performance, performance is, was really good. I wrote that down. I was like, her performance is top-notch. Like that was an incredible. She just goes for it. She yeah. Authentic, yes. Yeah. Yes. I. I I do love how then it, it appears to be just by coincidence that there are two men in trench coats that just are hanging out in the same food court that immediately. Yes. We found one. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. run after him. And at this point in the movie, we don't know what's happening. We don't no, know it's, what's it's no, we're just you right into it. it. Yeah. yeah. We're just thrown right in there. We don't know anybody's names. Barely anyone. I noted that nobody really says anything worthwhile for the first 10 to 15 minutes in this film. It's a lot of action. We're just seeing a lot of scanning. It's almost We're a not... silent film for a while. <laughs> seeing a lot of scanning. You're right. <laughs> and these guys are chasing him. They have trench coats. He has a trench coat. Trench coats must have been very popular. Late 70s, early 80s, maybe. It said mystery. It said, <laughs> it said right? mystery, intrigue, trench coats. Yeah, yeah. It said, look out. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I mean, I lived through these years, and I guess I'll just you know throw a little quickie in there. Yeah. My, my history with Cronenberg is basically seeing these movies as uh, kind of a late teenage stoner in drive-ins out in California. Mm-hmm. So that's what, that was ah. where I first kind of – and so uh, let me tell you, just – to cater to that audience, you better hit them right between the eyes uh, with some action and with some intrigue right off the bat, because otherwise we got sense. other things to do. True, and that's very true. much this. This was Cronin. I mean, he, you know, he definitely takes this to a little bit of a higher level. Uh, you know, no pun intended or anything like that, because there, <laughs> there, there is some intellectual, philosophical stuff going on, but he's kind of grabbing you by the throat and kind of shaking you around, which is exactly what. You know, us, you know, kind of thrill seekers were, were kind of expecting. You were when looking we for. Sort of got well, the, the posters yeah. and the reputation, the word of mouth about these mm-hmm. kind of films. You know, yeah, the dude's head explodes. Awesome, let's go check it out. But you want something more than that, you know, to kind of sure. keep you keep you well, sustained, right? Right. You don't need anything more than that, though. That's the great thing. Well, the guy's that's head that's explodes. that's the draw. You know that? Okay. Oh, oh, they, they got that, and it looks there's pretty two. good. Oh, yeah, we're in. Isn't yeah, there two yeah. head explosions? I think two heads. Explode, uh, well, right? there's one kind of smashed watermelon <laughs> type of head explosion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some other, you know, there's rip. You know, rippings and burnings and bulgings and pulsations and all of that. But <laughs> you know, it, he, he, he doesn't he doesn't play the one trick more than that's, once, right? That's my that's kind right. of Friday night, right well, there. Well, I do take <laughs> exception to the idea that there's action in this first scene. It is a very clumsy chase scene. His jump onto <laughs> the, the escalator. escalator yeah, it made on me the think outside. That, yeah, it made me think that there were no stuntmen involved, and they just basically said, "Hey, do you think you can make this jump?" Is yeah. that something you can do? And, and this guy. How's okay, your grip? Right, exactly. Right. So we should talk about the fact that first build is Jennifer O'Neill. Yeah. Who isn't in this movie until the midway point, almost. Yeah. Is that her star entrance or something? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean. I think she was a model or some kind right. of, you know, something of that sort. Uh-huh. So I guess. She, and she probably commanded the highest salary and probably said, you know, these guys are nobody, so give me top billing. Exactly. And they said, mm-hmm. sure, let's get her in. Well, yeah. She was the only one that really had a filmography before this. Okay. Um, gotcha. And the main, 
the main character, the actor's name is Stephen Lack. He is he pretty lacks. awful. He yeah. is really awful. That's his stage name. Well, yeah. Um, and he is, and I had to do research. I had to look this up because his line delivery was so clunky, so Ugh. monotone. Half of it, I think, was just 80 yard in at some point. His back was to the camera during most of his line delivery. Um, he's He's an artist. Like, he's a visual. He's like a painter. And the art look, is the only thing, they say, that frees them, if you remember. So it yes. makes sense. He only made about two or three other films after this one. Okay. This was it for him. And I could see it. But, <laughs> and, but anyway, so these guys in trench coats chase him. They shoot him with a dark gun. Yeah. He, I guess, passes out and then is just dragged on the away. escalator. He passes the es- out on the escalator. Very yeah, yeah. He doesn't even make it all the way up. No, he's out, so face plants right there. Well, we don't ah. know how long it's been since he's eaten his last corn dog. So he's probably right. a little. He's got some low blood sugar. Or what's exactly in that dart? But yeah, he's he's very he's very you know easily contained for the first part of the movie. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And I guess if you're going to get some rigorous, uh, you know analysis going here i mean he becomes a lot more powerful without much explanation as the film goes on you know uh, maybe the force is awakening or something i'm not really sure yet. i think you hit on the head i think you could plug in the term without much explanation throughout yeah. this entire film yeah. and you kind of have the idea but he really i mean he's he's Chased down by two doughy guys in trench coats, and then I guess dragged away by an elderly man and strapped to a bed. Yeah. And and it looks more like masking tape that's holding him down. I mean, yeah. he, he's not really locked up that that hard, but you know, he's he's brought into this kind of uh, you know. Uh, I don't know, kind of this urban loft, this kind of uh, converted factory, and mm-hmm. and uh, you start to get the idea that this guy's a mind reader, or at least he's he's very, uh, you know, his, his mind is like a sieve. If there's too many people thinking their thoughts around him, he just doesn't know how to block it out, right. and, and he's tormented, which is why he's such a shiftless kind of a loser bum, you know, uh, street person, whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. And and then there's this uh, this Dr. Ruth, uh, interesting character. Uh, Patrick yeah. McGowan. Any of you fans yeah. of the, the, the uh, was it The Stranger? No, no, no. The Prisoner. The Prisoner. Prisoner, prisoner yeah. right, yeah. right. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting because it's almost like a role reversal in this case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Patrick McGowan is kind of the, the, the omniscient, villainous bad guy that we don't really mm-hmm. know about. In the prisoner, of course, he was the innocent, kind of mm-hmm. caught up in something much bigger and more mysterious and frustrating than he'd ever known. So, exactly. a fascinating piece of casting. And why he didn't Roll get top reversal. billing, I don't really understand because he, he was a name draw even back in the late 70s, 80s. We knew what the prisoner was. Well, again, who's Jennifer O'Neill? I, I don't know, but huh. Patrick McGowan, at least he's an established actor. You would, Yeah, well, he had TV and, and he'd been around for a while. And Did he get the was. and in the credits? Did anybody notice? Because that's yeah, that's a big that's deal. special really guest yeah. appearance. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it was certainly much more than a cameo. I mean, he was right. a pretty major oh, player. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He's the father. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to give anything away. <gasps> Shame. Well, I didn't say didn't. too much. <laughs> you know that people tune into this podcast to Sorry. watch the movie while they're listening to it. 
It is great that yeah, his name is Doctor Ruth, which I I don't know. Should I get as much of a kick out of Doctor Ruth as I do? I think you should. I think you I don't think Doctor Ruth was quite the thing right. that she became a couple years later. <laughs> a fortuitous uh, coincidence. That's right. Perhaps. He he yeah. can't control the the thought the people's thoughts as they come into his mind, and he can't control his bodily bodily movements. <laughs> like he his body freaks out when he yeah he's just writhing and yeah. And it's kind of embarrassing. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah, everybody yeah. in this movie appears to be in great pain throughout. <laughs> except for Patrick McGowan, who just is lazily delivering his lines as though he's drunk or just really tired. <laughs> I do like it how he calls him a piece of human junk. I love it. I was like, how did you become a piece of human junk? Like, wow. <laughs> That's really great. I hope that wasn't written down. I hope he came up with that on the fly. <laughs> so he then – he can't deal with these voices. He's freaking out, flailing right. all over this bed, strapped mm-hmm. down with duct tape, as you said. Not mm-hmm. even duct tape, masking tape. And he is then injected with something that appears to calm yes. him down. Yes. 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 It's a magical drug that this bearded elderly man who I guess dragged him out of a mall gave him. <laughs> and me and my boys at the drive are like, hey, where can I get some of That's that? That's right. <laughs> that, is good, that is some good shit. And you didn't see the rest of the movie because you were trying to score a roll. <laughs> But just before we get too lost in that, it's time for the head exploding scene. It is. Kind of, uh, I did not the... see this coming, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I knew. I did not see this. Jamie, can, so... I, can I listen to your perspective? Because I want to hear yeah. from someone who saw yeah. this for the first time. So I'm, sure I was, back, yeah. I'm sure I was like 12 years old when I saw this for the first time on, <laughs> on TV, and I shouldn't have, but... Your thoughts. So before we see the explode, I drew the man's because he had a the man's head that exploded had a very like he had he had the glasses and the mustache and I actually drew his little face on my notes. I was like, oh, there's yeah. this man, and that so is- he's gathered these people <laughs> you're, together. You're like, I gotta remember this face. <laughs> well, no, there's it was something just important like, about this. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, there was something. So yeah, I drew his face on my notes, which was trippy as it is. So he's gathered. These, like, 20 or so people to volunteer to become scanners, right? Yeah. I guess they're all pretty distinguished. Is- These are, like, you know, leaders yeah. of industry right. and intellectuals and academics and researchers and the, the experts, you know, the cream of the crop there. Now, when he asks them to volunteer, they look at him like he's prey. <laughs> like, nobody really volunteers. They look at him right? as though this wasn't worked out beforehand. Like, they didn't yeah. know this was going to happen. This- yeah, we're, we're here just to watch. Right. Which yeah. is really not, good. Not we're not part of your dog and pony show. Because, again, not. if right. you don't know you're getting scanned, aren't you going to watch this happen to somebody and think that it's some stupid parlor trick? Like, are you going to yeah, buy exactly. into this? A plant, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Well, and so, indeed, someone does volunteer. And that someone has what is is like a really, like, crazy staring contest, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> with them <laughs> like i was i really didn't expect this to happen i'm like what is this guy gonna do he wants to be and all of a sudden yeah the shake the shake of this this eyeglass mustache man's the jaws then, are clenching the yes, veins are bulging. Yes. and i'm like oh my god either he's gonna have exploding diarrhea in a minute or what is about to happen and no oh no it is the explosion was at the other end, uh, you might say. Yes, yes. 
<laughs> but it was like, again, I don't know that I didn't expect it, but I def- I was like, I went, oh, that's where that went. Okay. And I was like, head, explode. And I just scribbled, scribble, scribble, scribble. Because I didn't realize that this is, okay, this is what we got to saddle up, guys. Because heads are exploding. And this is what scanners can really did, do. Well, did I your, did just... your pen explode at that particular <laughs> moment? <laughs> is there a big blob of hand. ink? <laughs> just about. Just about. But yeah, I, yeah. I love that, I, though. I love hearing it from your point of view because I, I don't know. caught off guard. And how did you not know? Like, I remember watching Wayne's World. Do you remember watching Wayne's World? And there's a scene uh-huh. in the movie where – you know, Wayne gets up and leaves, so it's just – the camera's just on Garth, and he's so uncomfortable, and he's just trembling. And yeah, one yeah. of the crew goes, hey, guys, did you ever see that scene in Scanners where the dude's head explodes? Oh, <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's such an trick. odd reference to this movie. But, I, but it right. was legendary pretty soon after this movie hit. <laughs> well, that, yeah. That was the one, yeah. Because it was a very well-done effect, too. It's an it's, amazing it's, effect, even by really, today's standards, I, yeah, I it, think. Yeah, it looks like the guy's sitting there, and it's not just some cheap little prosthetic. Well, obviously it is. Right. But it looks like, wow, his head just kind of shattered right in front of my eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. of course, the audience is freaking out and ushered out uh-huh. of there. And then you've got Screams. the... Yeah, yeah, the screams, the disgust. Yeah. So the the guy who yeah, the guy who volunteered, his mm-hmm. name is well, his real name Darryl. is Michael Ironside. Something oh. Revic, yeah. right? Revac or Revic, Revic? yeah. Okay. Right, right. And uh, my favorite part of this scene is after the guy's head explodes, uh-huh. Revic's reaction is kind of he looks over and he almost looks like, Oh, I didn't know that that could possibly <laughs> Yeah, well like, well then the authorities really... kind of grab him and say, You come with me. He's like, I, I didn't do nothing. Right, yeah. <laughs> just sitting there, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wasn't and, me. And they quickly inject him with this ephemeral. Well, they try mm-hmm. to. Do you, the, do you catch what he did? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. The doctor, shady eye doctor, is what I like to call. Well, him. he's willing the doctor to give himself the injection. That's right. Yes. But in in yes. sort of a concealed way, so that the men who are holding him down don't understand. That he's just kind of done this little trick, you know, right. because he's he's still at full power. He's just basically going along mm-hmm. until he can destroy his kidnappers one by one in the rather sadistic, playful manner. Yeah, he's he's not he he could probably make all their heads explode too if he wanted to, but he'd rather just kind of toy with them and actually toy with us and drag us out. Plus, you got to get out of the building. He knows they'll exactly. get him out of the building. They'll get him yeah. in the car. But yeah, you're give, right. give me a ride. Get me That's out right. of here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get me as close to my be. apartment as you can, yeah. and then I'll kill you. And that's what he does. He causes one car to crash and explode. Mm-hmm. And I, I love how the other guys get out of the car and... To check on the exploding car. <laughs> in, like, it's the on fire. in flames. And like, hey, he's still in here. We got to get him out. No, he's gone, man. Just yeah. Yeah. He let it go. Driving. If they do what's better on. for him, That's right. And yeah. he yeah. does force the other... One of the other guys to basically shoot the two remaining kidnappers and then mm-hmm. to shoot himself. So then yeah. Revic's free. And still, at this point in the movie, we don't know what the hell's going on. Right. There's, there's still no obvious happening. connection. There's, no there's obviously yeah. there's these kind of mutant, you know, mind freaks out there. Mm-hmm. And there's, they're somehow there's, connected, there's a... but we don't really know exactly 
how it all fits. Right. But at least several times in this movie, we have scenes that are just a giant exposition dump. So we get one, and normally it's white elderly men in a boardroom that do this. So that is <laughs> yeah, what it's, happens. It's the masters of the universe in the old kind of corporate sense. The, you know, the secret in- intelligentsia that kind of runs things. And, of course, this is just – it continues to be a pretty popular uh, you know, kind of conspiracy theory, kind of the, the, the boogie-woogie spooky men out there who are <laughs> kind of you know kind of running the show pulling the strings and making us all believe that we have some kind of free choice in the matter when XL mm. it's all pretty much scripted we're all just pawns in their game you know that's that's that kind of paranoid kind of you know woo woo stuff that Cronenberg kind of feeds on and amplifies and takes some of those kind of suppressed notions that we have and brings them right to the surface and say yeah what if it really is mm-hmm. this way you what know? if that is yeah 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 I mean it's all government paranoia and, and all that stuff but big business yes, secret research exactly. military mind control all that stuff going but jamie on. i do have a question for you do you oh. what what is what does this company do like what what do these guys do i was really trying to pay concept? attention yes. yeah. what does concept <laughs> do and why do they need people who can apparently control others with their thoughts well, I don't know that the it's it's the doctor who works for the company. This is his like pet project. Doctor Ruth is right? there in this meeting. Yes. Right, yes. right. Yes. He's one of the select mm-hmm. few. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he's but, into but these. Yeah. And they're kind yeah. of skeptical towards him. I mean, they feel yeah. like you know he's kind of the crackpot, but he's still you know he's still a valuable talent. They just have to sort of reel him in and try to figure right. out how to capitalize right. on on this this. You know, eccentric genius that's uh, in their midst. Right, right, and he is—he is hell bent on figuring out these telepathic curiosities, as I think they—they they call them. Right. Um, I like how they call. So, in this meeting, there's a new director of security, right? Mm-hmm. That they bring in allegedly. Um, doesn't he call them all dolphins? He's like, <laughs> we have to get rid of these telepathic curiosities. They're like dolphins and freaks. Because well, I think it's because, and, and David, again, yeah. I'm not trying to, you know, have you show your age. And again, yeah, that's fine. once no, I that's... say that, that sounds I'm terrible. I'm 54. I'm okay with that. That's good. I've lived through some pretty awesome stuff, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right Wasn't on. there a time in the 70s yeah. where the government was trying to train dolphins yeah, to yeah. attach like bombs ah. to ships. Or, yeah, well, there's or, a movie called The Day of the Dolphin. The Day of the which, Dolphin, Yeah, right. it was kind of based on that premise. But also there was another uh, researcher by the name of John Lilly. Uh, if mm-hmm. you hear the name Timothy Leary, you know, mm-hmm. Mr. Psychedelic sure, yeah. Guru. Yeah. Well, John Lilly was kind of a later version of Leary, but much more like scientific. He's the guy who – well, John Lilly, he did a lot of experimenting with dolphins and, and did a lot of you – know, hallucinogenic and other kind of psychoactive drugs and was pretty mm. convinced that dolphins had a consciousness and a language and he was kind of okay. into that kind of research. Like so a freak. It's all, okay. Yeah, it's, it's all this kind of... Um, it's very of know, the time, too. It's very yes. of the time. Yeah. It's very cutting edge. It's very kind of, you know, breaking open mm-hmm. consciousness and, and mm-hmm. exploring new frontiers, uh, you know, 
Altered States. That's the movie that I was trying to think about, the Ken Russell oh, movie. Yes. And so that's also based on the work of John Lilly. So uh, this kind of ties into that kind of whole counterculture, uh, you know, mind expansion, mm-hmm. consciousness altering thing, and, and dolphins and, and this kind of alien intelligence that's swimming in the oceans around us right. is kind of tapping into that notion. No, that, that makes total sense. In yeah, the way that it makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Forty years on, it's like, what were we smoking anyway? <laughs> um, okay, so anyway, in this meeting, yeah. nothing is really resolved. They, they talk about how they're trying mm-hmm. to harness the power of these scanners for whatever reason, and mm-hmm. there's an evil. There's you know, an underground, underground group. Yeah. Yes. Of sort of a subsect of all yes. of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and there's, there's the good scanners and the bad scanners. Yes. Right. So at least we now know what we're dealing with. Like we're starting to understand mm-hmm. because in this conversation, Ruth says that he has another scanner that's willing to the help them. And we one, know yeah. that it's mm-hmm. the homeless guy whose name I still don't think we know at this point in the movie. I mean, his name is Cameron Vale, but I don't know when that's revealed. Mm-hmm. Right. But – so all that's discussed in this meeting. The guy who you said Jamie is the new head of security. Yes, yes. He should just he should just look at the camera and give us like shifty eyes and stuff because yeah. clearly he's the villain. Like, like yeah. there's no question that this traitor turns out to complete. And yeah. he does. He goes right back to Revic mm-hmm. and tells him, "Oh, they have the scanner and they think he's so great and all that stuff and." Infiltrator so at the so highest level. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's, he's fooled them all. Right. You know? right. And Jamie, for all the 80s movies that we've seen that had training montages, did you want a mental training montage here? Because I did. <laughs> like, I wanted Ruth and Vale to do some mental training montage <laughs> where there's music and he's getting better at, I guess, thinking but, about stuff. Oh, about – well, when does he do – no, not yet. When does, when does he um, – Test him with the yoga master. Oh, th- yeah. This is basically that scene. There's th- I mean, there's a lot. Yeah. Th- they're still in that warehouse. And Ruth has, I guess, been working with him to harness his scanning ability. Yeah. Yeah. But I, we don't really see any of it. We don't know, again, how much time has passed. And does he tell Does he tell him about the medicine? No. He just knows. Yeah, he does. He explains yeah, the ephemeral. Yeah. Ephemeral <laughs> kind of blocks out the voices. It's a suppressant. Kinda- right. Exactly. Yes. Right. Can so Jamie tell us about the um, elderly yoga instructor or whoever <laughs> this guy is that comes in. Well, this is supposed to be a test, right? Like a, a yeah, kind of sure. his. Can you control it? Can you turn it his on heartbeat, and turn it right. off? Yes, exactly. yes. He's supposedly yeah. this little. Right. He's a yogi, a yoga master, and he is adept in like controlling his own breath, controlling his own environment, not getting overstressed, and he's hooked up to all these machines, I guess, to monitor, you know, heart rate and all that stuff. And um, while he's wearing basically a tweed suit, well, here's like, the thing: yeah, the they should have put him in like some kind of a robe or like, like a, a yogi master, where's yes. the incense to keep him, you know, kind of chilled out. But they don't. He looks a little stuffy oh. for a yoga master. Oh. But regardless of that, the scanner goes in with him and almost gives the yogi a heart attack. <laughs> It's intense time. Pretty much off the charts. Yeah, little, uh, yeah. And they have to tell him, like, EKGs just is blurred. Like, completely. Crazy, like, yeah. <laughs> and even I think the yoga guy is like, ah, ah, His heart's about to explode. Yeah. He's dying. This is an old man. I feel so bad for him. 
And he's in constricting clothing. He shouldn't be in such constricting right. clothing for a yoga. Because Ruth goes um, to then shoot Vale up with this ephemeral, and Vale so just like grabs stop. his hand like, ah, I was just he's joking He's like, I could do this, right. yeah. Don't worry. I don't have I got to this. kill this man. I totally I just almost this. did it. Right, right. And then he just stops. And it's like, whoa, I do have this kind of control. I can kind of grade my, my efforts, I guess. I found my purpose. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, he does kind of have like a thirsty look about him too. Like, yeah, I did do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess the whole time Ruth really is kind of indoctrinating Cameron into, you know, he wants him to fight Revic. Like that's that's why he's there. That's why he's training him. That's his ultimate goal. Destroy so then he enemies. just yeah. he does things like to convince him. He's like, oh, he's your enemy, and he's my enemy. He's our enemy. Mm-hmm. He's really trying to get him to hate this man whom well, he's never Well, it's a bit of a met. brainwashing. He's mm-hmm. like cultivating your powers, but in the meantime, I'm going to manipulate you so that your powers are used as an extension of my own ego, really. And, it, you know, it's it's not power for its own sake, but you're, you're going to be made my tool and here's, you know, what I'm going to do. It's it's kind of a mad scientist type of thing. Right. Uh, sure. You know, not exactly Frankenstein, but but almost along those lines of tampering with the forces of life and nature uh, for some kind of selfish, uh, egocentric ends. Uh, you know, which ultimately turn out to be, you know, destructive and, and manipulative. So yeah, that's. And then how about the how about the little uh, flashback video? Of, I was going to say, about, what about that? That's video? a pretty cool sequence. Yes, there. Yeah. yes, it's yeah, it's exactly a flashback of I guess when he was first taken in, to, like interviewed for for on a psychic. Oh. Yeah, he was in the psychiatric yeah, institution. Psychiatric, uh-huh. uh, he d- drilled a hole between his eyes. That's kind of little... creepy to look at for yeah, a guy like definitely. me the whole time. I was like, were you a unicorn? Well, what happened? Right. Well, it couldn't <laughs> help but remind me of Charlie Manson. Yeah. You know, sure. Like a tattoo Absolutely. between his eyes and, and you know, the whole third eye thing and yeah. this kind of psychic energy being focused up there. So, yeah, just kind of some weird mind games going on with that. Uh, but, he, you know, he's obviously, you know, Operating at two or three levels above his his inquisitors, people are asking them questions, trying to figure out, you know, why are you, they're they're just seeing him as maybe self injuring or some mm-hmm. kind right. of weird suicidal uh, tendency or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I just got to let the voices out. I got to right. got to drain out that pressure, you know. And mm-hmm. of course, you know, within a minute, you know, he picks up the glass and they like they're they're bailing <laughs> out of there. <laughs> and, and yeah, they're they're they've bitten off way more than they can. I do enjoy his rationale, though, for drawing an eye on there. He's like, it's a door, but if I draw an eye, they're not going to know it's a door, so they're not going to try to get back in. And I guess if you're totally bonkers and hearing everybody's thoughts, that might make sense, or you're just out of any other idea, and that's all you got. (laughs) Yeah, and it it, it was 1967, man. There was all kinds of crazy stuff going on. That's right, (laughs) yes. He just fits right into the scene, you know. So, yeah, and so, but, but, you know, even into the... The modern times of this movie, uh, you know, Revic still has that kind of circular scar right That's there. That's right. It's mm-hmm. kind of grown mm-hmm. over, but it's a little remnant of uh, his yeah, youthful experiments. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh-huh. but it's still there. So the the other scanner that we're introduced to next is the artist scanner, right? Yeah, the one that yeah. decided I, that was... to not – well, now art gets him through this whole – he doesn't have to drill a hole in his head because he makes giant heads and skulls. Right, and he makes these giant kind of <laughs> – uh, embodiments of some of his own psychic torment. You right. know, the, the head with all the wires going out and feeding into uh, you know other people's minds, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's pretty 
Some trippy art. Yeah. Stuff. Right. Trippy it's very stuff. trippy. Yeah. yeah. I think it's Large. wonderful. Like, I was it's, looking at that going, really this cool, is yeah. really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, how great could this possibly be that somebody just thought of it while they're making this movie? Like, uh, yeah, Well, I would imagine Cronenberg probably found an a artist, real artist or commissioned yeah. oh, yeah. some and said, yeah, we're going to put your work in here. And it's, it, it does tie a little bit into the, you know, art as kind of a self, mm-hmm. uh, self-induced self form of mental you know, health therapy mm-hmm. treatment and all that. Uh, and, and definitely, again, I was kind of in the, the punk rock scene back in these years. And this reminded me a lot of the kind of the, the street art and, yeah. and kind of some of mm-hmm. the, you know, mashup and, you know, collages and stuff that we used sure. to make. Uh, but this is, know, I, I mean, this yeah, is more yeah. than street art because oh, yeah. I mean, he's in a gallery big. and exactly. he's got an agent. Yeah. And then I guess Cameron scans to find out where this guy is, right? Right, right. Yeah. Because the artist himself isn't really making yes. it. He's kind of antisocial. Kind yeah. of as he should often be. Little, <laughs> as he should be, <laughs> yeah. exactly. I, d- but, I did uh, like the dialogue here because, again, oh, yeah. this this actor is – he's awful. And all of his dialogue is so clunky and so monotone when he's talking. Oh, his little <laughs> maniacal. When he's talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, when he meets him, it's like this awful community theater where one guy is – Overacting yeah. to a ridiculous length, right? And the other guy just—oh man, his line delivery is just awful. It is. It's the, very dry. The main character is terrible. And David, I don't know. Do you have yeah. this movie? You have this movie. Oh, right? of course, yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, it's it's All a right. Criterion release, yeah. so it's in my collection. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Did you watch any of the extras here, David? I have not had a okay. chance to get into it. I right. mean, you know, because I just it is on amazing movie. Yeah. to watch the interviews. Yeah. Oh. Uh, there's an interview with Michael Ironside, who's Revic. Uh-huh. Right. And so he was talking about how Vale, or whatever the guy's name is, Stephen Lack, um, he wasn't a classically trained actor. Mm. And so he said he was so nervous. He was so nervous on set. And he would ask him, he'd be like, do you have all your lines memorized? Oh. And, <laughs> and Ironside would go, yeah. And he That's would go. That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> and he would yeah, say. Part of your yeah, and he and and at one point he was like, well, "Do you have mine memorized too?" He's like, "Yeah, I have yours memorized." And and he even said he's like, and one day he asked me, he's like, "Listen, if I need help, can you?" And and Michael Ironside basically said, "Listen, I felt bad for the guy. He he's not a trained actor. Like I would feed him lines, and he basically said he wasn't able to deliver the lines." Two, three, four, five, six times in a row. Like he couldn't with the different shots, with the different cuts. Like he wasn't able to do it. Yeah, yeah. And that forehead sweating and pulsing veins. That was real. (laughs) No makeup and no special effects there. Exactly how he was feeling. He was like, line, line. Yeah, and and I mean, while I watched this movie, I was like, this guy is awful. And then I kind of felt bad for him after I watched that interview. Like, he just didn't know what he was getting into. Was there any explanation of how he landed this role? Yeah. Was he just a, a buddy of Cronenberg? Uh, no, or? Cronenberg saw him in, um, like, a, a really small Canadian film. And that's – and he even said there's – there's an interview with Lack too. Yeah. He even said, I don't know how I got this role. He said he saw me in this oh. movie. He cast me. He said he didn't even have to audition or anything like that. So, wow. Oh, I do wonder if it was just the looks. I, I mean the guy – Right. His, his eyes really are just slightly askew. Exactly. And he <laughs> give that sense of somebody who's just a little bit – Right, off off and kilter. You even know, right. at the end, even his poor line delivery, I was like, well, maybe that's part of being a scanner. You can't really emotionally connect <laughs> to what you express. Yeah. Well, 
Because, exactly. you know, you, social you, awkwardness. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> so he does. He seeks out this artist to, I guess, find out where Revik is, right? Is that the whole point of this? I wasn't sure if it yeah, was too Yeah, yeah. The artist is basically, they're just trying to, to lead a trail to Revik. That's mm-hmm. basically what Dr. Mm-hmm. Ruth is using uh, Cameron for, is is to infiltrate this society of scanners. Mm-hmm. It's just one stage to the next. And okay. So, from the artist, and of course, the assassins are also following along because of Doctor Snidely, the corporate you know henchman there, who's, who's <laughs> Doctor Snidely. Oh, that was his name, Doctor yeah, Snidely. What? No, no, no. I'm oh, sorry. Doctor Whiplash <laughs> is his name. <laughs> but but yeah, he's the one who's like spying you know through some of the Consex technology to right. figure out what Doctor Ruth is doing with his little protege. So that's that's where the assassins just kind of keep following. Uh, and I wasn't along. sure yeah. because there there are a few it's, scenes with these assassins. Are these assassins scanner paid assassins or are these assassins scanned? I think they're into weaker scanners doing and this. controlled assassins. Yeah, basically. Right, okay. Yeah, right. I I think it's more. I don't think it's just their job because okay. if they knew what they were doing, they knew that they were basically walking into a death trap themselves. Okay. You know, they 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 are basically robots you know or zombies if you will that are marching to their doom but Mm -hmm. in the meanwhile they're kind of doing revok and this other guy's work Mm -hmm. of taking out some of the other scanners because i kind of i kind of thought that they were being controlled in the later scene where there's like hippie scanners all sitting around yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but anyway they're at the transcendental meditation circle there yes (laughs) they're at this artist's barn and uh they blow this dude away and they have no problem doing it like with two they're going up against two scanners and they have no problem right but it's but the artist is really taken off guard yeah that's right yeah Yeah. and so it seems like if you if the scanners don't know you're coming they can't kind of activate their scanning device yeah. Quick he's he's focused in dialogue with this, this yes. guy who's gotten into his his lair. He's, They're sitting right. in a giant head, just talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 our good guy stays hidden in there. Cameron is hiding in the giant head right. while the shooters are all about, which is interesting in and of itself that he's just hiding in a giant head. Um, and that's where Cameron's first kind of full flourish of power comes in because yes. he basically dispatches these guys. Well, he takes know, on quickly. like four. Yeah. Four assailants, right? Aren't well, and, and he's there? like flicking his head at him. He's like not just projecting the thoughts. He's yeah, like, yeah. He's like some bing, curveball bing. on yeah, it or exactly. something. <laughs> and isn't there another head explosion? Doesn't no, there's no head no, explosion. No. He doesn't no? kill anybody here. They just kind of fly against walls and into big plaster pieces of art and stuff like kinda that. Kind of knocks them out a little bit. Yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. Makes but you're right in that it is really great because it's almost like they positioned the camera low and said, all right, now just swing your head violently <laughs> toward the camera this way. We'll set it up over here do the same thing over there. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he got this pretty weird, eerie, high-pitched electronic soundtrack to kind of give oh, you that yes. virtual <laughs> thing totally. going on there. So. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, mind's melting. But before the artist dies, he gargles and gurgles and gives him information, which I had to rewatch I, with the And I think it was on. scanned. He's not actually speaking. Right. I think this no, no, is no. his dying thoughts that are being picked up, and that's where he gets the name of uh, Obrist, right? Yeah, uh, Kim mm-hmm. Obrist, and I had right. to rewind it. I had to put on the captions. I couldn't understand any of it's this. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty warped, pretty yes. garbled. Mm-hmm. But she was at the, his gallery, which I thought right. was really strange, too. Yeah, when, mm-hmm. well, when he sent the agent off with the nosebleed and got the right. information – 
he makes yeah, she, eye contact with her. He glances yeah, yeah. at her. Well, and yeah. she's the one who kind of gave him a nosebleed. Uh, Kim oh, right. Because yes. he was like kind of flaunting his stuff, and then all of a sudden this woman is checking him out, mm-hmm. giving him the, the stink eye there, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's got a little trickle of blood out his nose. Like, whoa, I've just met my match here. Right, right, right. I think I'll call it a night. Get out of this little <laughs> cocktail <laughs> yeah. party. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. So... He then tracks down Kim Obrist, who mm-hmm. is top build in this movie. And again, yeah. we're halfway through the film and she's yeah. just shown up um, at a scanner commune. Should we call yeah, it that? I think is that yeah. fair? Yeah. yeah. A little meditation circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're looking to have their little scanner utopia. You know, mm-hmm. kind of it seems get groovy sexual. and get along. Uh, yeah. Yep. It's very. Yeah, very psychosexual, love- I guess yeah. you could say. <laughs> I, loved it. I loved the camera work, how it spins yeah. around, and, and you just hear their voice. Oh, we're scanning each other. We're yeah. scanning each other. And then, love, uh, peace, and scan. Right. Love, yeah, peace, right. and scan. Yeah. That's what it's all about. We can keep our clothes on. And <laughs> yeah, get exactly, it on. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Although that, that party didn't end very nice. No, there the, uh, no more of those They were shooters. so into it, they didn't quite realize that there were some peepers going on yeah. <laughs> coming, in, coming yeah, yeah, into yeah. the scene right, right yeah for scanners you'd figure they'd have a, more of a lookout than one dude who gets yeah. thrown down a staircase yeah he's pretty easily dispatched probably yes. the weakest scanner of them all you know standing guard right and and these same they're the same guys again <laughs> these same guys yeah. with shotguns wander mm-hmm. in and they just start blowing them away because they're not fighting back because they're all in this weird They're in their own little scanner, scanner trance. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. takes them a while. I think they must kill two or three of them. I think they killed pretty much all of them except for okay. um, except, except for, for Kim, Kim and, and Cameron. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. Kim, of course, shows her power by basically they burning t- up the assassins. She she kicks them all to the wall mentally and they mm-hmm. catch on fire and then... you can do anything during scanning right like <laughs> at this point we've That's... seen a guy's head explode yeah. people thrown across burst the room into and flames. just burst into flames it is it's an intense power i mean it is intense. I love it. <laughs> well this is what but it, it's also well it is a hard thing because kim at one point because she gets broken up now these are her buddies her commune her, her sure yeah and so she at one point looks over and she says, now I know what it feels like to die. Because That's she right. felt the death of her. Yeah. So yes. it's all fun and games till someone dies. Till someone yeah. dies. Really? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Truer words have never yeah. been Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> I love how they escape in a, uh, a school van. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys yeah. notice? A school bus it's, van. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I don't know how they got their hands on that, but that appears to be their vehicle of choice. And... They run into a record store, just crash yeah. right through the front. Yeah, that was a complete nostalgia trip for me. I mean, it didn't really stand out the first times I watched it or anything, but nowadays it's like, oh man, look at all that vinyl. Oh, oh yeah, Frank Zappa, a whole a whole like stack of Frank Zappa, Shake Your Booty, and, and then uh, uh, you know uh, Herman Brood and his Wild Romance. I mean, these little one hit or no hit wonders. Right, I right. actually remember some of those same posters and and some of that same uh, merchandising. It was just it was probably just a pretty typical record store of its day. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> they got permission to trash, you know. I don't know. Maybe there was a little bit of product placement going on there, but but nothing real obvious. But I just I definitely freeze framed a few of those spots just to look at some of the albums and posters on the wall. Nice. More and more I'm glad we made you yeah. watch this movie. I'm oh yeah, really fa- happy fa- fantastic. About this. A lot of fun. <laughs> 
So they are chased in the back of this record store because mm-hmm. these guys are not going to stop. They're going to kill them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're chased down by one guy, though. I guess the one that wasn't on fire. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. There is a, there is a survivor of the assassins uh-huh. there. Yeah. And um, Cameron Vale uses his scanning to, I guess, have this guy give them more information about where Revic is, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's when he takes out the little vial of uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because he's mm-hmm. he's basically at the draw, and he's got a rifle, and he's he could just shoot, mm-hmm. but he's basically overpowered, and mm-hmm. so he says he's going to give us something, and he pulls that little glass vial with the little uh, logo there. Uh, yes, the, yes. the biocarbon logo, right? That that little biocarbon. Yeah, right. Yes, the logo on the vial <laughs> dissolves into a logo. On a big corporate sign, yeah. and yeah. it has the best fake company name ever, Biocarbon Amalgamate. It's such a stupid fake name. Like, but it's it's so cool. And, I mean, even going back to that Consec building, too, you know, yep. consolidated yeah, yeah. security. I mean, it's a skyscraper all by itself. In the middle of in this, nothing. In this big, yeah. big lawn. You know, it's, it's not even, like, concrete. It's just this big grass patch. Yeah. It's like... That building had to have been built. I mean, Cronenberg certainly didn't have the budget to put up his own skyscraper just for <laughs> a couple of shots. So, what is this building? I mean, why, you know, yeah. why build so high up when you've got all this <laughs> horizontal space you can fill? They fly in yeah. a helicopter at one point, and I yeah. looked at the parking lot, and I'm like, it must be Sunday. There's like two cars <laughs> in this Not a work day. Maybe this is downtown That's up right. in northern Canada or something. I don't know. <laughs> northern, well, it's certainly somewhere in Canada. Yeah, I don't think yeah. there's any question about that. It, it's well, now we're in it, and there's a. It's basically a bunch of uh, people in hazmat suits in golf carts dealing with uh, dry ice. Is what you see, right? <laughs> Pretty much. They're doing something behind important, the scenes though. at the disco, yeah, know, or something like that. Yeah. They're doing something important though, and Cameron gets in. I don't know how because that's not explained. He basically, but he's scans. In. It's, it's a very effortless kind of uh, deception. I mm-hmm. just sort of slides in, and nobody notices. Right. Which, with right. all this high tech and security, and even scanners, you'd think there'd be a little bit of a trick someone there, would be a little aware. But you know, no. they probably just had to keep the plot moving. So right. Just I think that's yeah. It, they're right? like, all right, now he's in it, okay, and now we find out. Dun dun dun. It's even deeper. So this company is making this medicine, and the company mm-hmm. is run by the bad guy Scanner. Yeah. <laughs> was that, like, that Pee Wee Herman being upset well, about this, this? Okay, so this for me, again, first time watcher, this discovery was much like the head exploding. I oh. was like, are you serious? He's in charge of this company? Ba bum bum. Like, where are we going to wow. go? What are we going to do? How are we going to get the power away from this game? <laughs> well, the way they're going to get the power away from him is by an awkward phone conversation <laughs> between our main character and Dr. Ruth. Yes. Oh, yes. And, and Dr. Yes. Ruth is sitting in this, this, this parlor with all these <laughs> trophies and padded leather chairs. And, and I you know, love it. He... Old men playing chess and sipping brandy from fine snifters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it. He gets the call, and he's like, it's obviously an important call. He's like, let me call you back. I'm tied up right now. I Give, give me 10 call. minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This, Hang why? on. Hang on With here, pants. all the stuff that we don't see in this movie, I love how he literally says, Dr. Ruth, 
This is Cameron Vale. And this is not an exaggeration, <laughs> folks. This is how this actually how goes the delivery down. is, yeah. And totally. he literally says, Can can you call me back in ten minutes? <laughs> and his response is, Thank you, Dr. Ruth. I'm like, this is the worst dialogue. <laughs> and his plan is to I guess say that this woman, this Kim woman, mm-hmm. is a um what is she? What does he say? She's like a double agent, or she's working for Revic, and he's going to bring her to Consec because she's going to give them all the information. Am I just making this up? Is this not what happened at this point in the movie? You know, I I wasn't even after watching it a few times. I'm not sure I ever really connected the dots of okay. logic in all of this. So. I'll either take your word for it or we'll wait, no, await the angry emails from the, I, uh, the I, scanners <laughs> purists who have this all figured right, out. No. no, I do. I think she's got some, some information that he's like, and she's going to really tell you what the whole story is kind of thing. Because now they know okay. that he's in charge of this other uh, – this this company and, and she's privy to other information too. So, Yeah. He kind of, but again, he knows that. Like, why does he have to bring her along? He broke into that company because she's another scanner, was... though, that could potentially. Okay. So they're just bench. building their scanner army. Their yeah, good scanner army. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Well, he's got an ally. He maybe he knows he's up against a pretty badass scanner uh, yeah. army. So he's okay. got to get some this reinforcements. Is, this is there. all fair. Yeah. Is this when he's trying to? He tries to log on. The way is this when he does try to log on to the computer? And I like this because he no for the first no, time where he's like request access. Well, like there's no yeah. passwords. Yeah. Maybe it says, that you sorry, you can't get onto the yeah. program here. Yeah. You've got to go to the main headquarters. It <laughs> yeah. kind of gives you a nice clue. If you want to break into our system, yeah. here's what you got. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> try Offered again, buddy. Maybe try this <laughs> way. Right, exactly. But this is when he does take Kim. Cameron and Kim are two good scanners. Uh-huh. Uh, they go to Consec. Where mm-hmm. they are immediately shot up with ephemeral, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and then are separated mm-hmm. because the bad guy, the secret good bad guy, what's his name? Does anybody know what his name is? The old oh. bad guy. The, <laughs> I, don't yeah, what's name I don't know. The, no, the, the name. I have it at the top here. Keller. Is that Keller? Yeah, Brady yes. Keller. Okay. Right. So Keller wants to separate them and so he takes Kim into a private room to interrogate mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. while Dr. Ruth gets to talk to his protege mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. yeah and, and, and really the, the this section of the movie is just one little ominous scene after another. The helicopter landing with the guys and the shotguns, the the skyscraper, the the needles, you know, in you know, kind of you know, spritzing out the, the dope, uh the the long fluorescent lit corridors and the mm-hmm. ominous rooms and the security guards standing at there. It's just all this kind of creepy paranoia inducing stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And that's even more than plot machinations or dialogue, it's just kind of this you know, this mood that's kind of crashing down of like, <laughs> the man's got you by yeah, the short yeah. curlies and you are not going to get away. You know? <laughs> well, speaking of creepy, Keller takes Kim into a room and immediately, like the first things he says is, oh, this is a pleasant surprise. Yeah, You're very attractive. Yeah. <laughs> this is really creepy, lady. Can this you read my mind, <laughs> darling? <laughs> yes. 
But again, we are privy to information. Ruth says that they have not been shot up with ephemeral, so they still have their power. Right. Yes. So if anything bad happens, they're going to be okay. fine. They're okay, right. Yes. They, they can handle it. Right. She gets she gets slapped around a bit, doesn't he? She slap her, hits her so hard. Yeah. <laughs> that's when... And that comes out of nowhere. <laughs> But that's what makes her finally scan him, right? Doesn't she scan him, right? She scans him and basically just kind of throws him in a corner and yes, then walks and out then of escape, the room. escapes, mm-hmm. essentially, right? Yes. Um, and then uh, then, then we have uh, the doctor, Does his? he gets killed, doesn't he, Dr. Well, Ruth? Well, yeah, I, I was a little confused because now this turns from a movie where it's Revic against Cameron into a movie where it's Cameron against the computer. Oh, oh. Because Ruth starts to say things like, you have to get this computer. You have to get it online. Yes, yeah. You can get in. You're a scanner. It has a uh, nervous system. Right. Right. It's, right. it's kind of taken this whole electronic, uh, you know, mind to mind. Now let's let's do the, the human mind to the, uh, the ar- artificial mind mm-hmm, or the, mm-hmm. the silicon-based mind. And so, again, it's another one of these kind of uh, you know, transhumanist, futuristic, you know, mm-hmm. kind of – Stretching the boundaries of what is consciousness and what is intelligence and sentience and all mm-hmm. of that. So, yeah, Cronenberg's just kind of playing with these trippy ideas, and, and it's it's pretty cool. It's not sure. really rigorously thought out, but good enough. Right, know? right. I can go with it. Yeah, for sure. There's a little bit of early internet stuff, too. Oh, yeah, they're, definitely. They're tapped a, a into network. The phone I was just going to say, this. they use the phone lines, right, to, ta- right, to tap right. in. And, 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 mm-hmm. and this the computer isn't just one unit. It's this whole network of machines that are lined up in this mm-hmm. uh, laboratory. And you're right, it's all happening over the phone. And and so, yeah, you exa- well, and that's kind of back to the old days of uh, you know Captain Crunch and uh, – Fiber optic, you know, right. the guys who blew the whistles mm-hmm. into the mm-hmm. phone lines and hacked into the system, and that sure. was all just starting to happen. We were kind of hearing some of these legends and stories and kind of playing with those ideas as well. Well, Cronenberg uses it quite well because oh, once yeah. once Kim and Cameron escape, they go to the gas station, a payphone, of course, <laughs> which is where yeah. he's going to make all this go down. Yeah. Oh, oh, and you're right, Jamie. In the meantime. Uh, Keller just shoots Dr. Ruth in the head. Like, Dr. Ruth voluntarily walks into this room and sits in a chair, kind of knowing that he's going to get killed. Like, it's very upsetting. He could have, I think, easily walked out. Nah, he mumbles something. It's like he knows that he has to go. He's like, he knows he created these monsters and and this has got to be it. Because he mumbles. He mumbles something about the medication or something before mm. before he shot, and then, okay. yeah, he's done. And then um, this is intense too when he when he does scan the computer, and he's over the phone, and and <laughs> then back at the home base, I guess um, is it Keller? Is that yeah? That the, he is like, well, we're just gonna. What is he gonna do? He's gonna override the computer, right? He's gonna make the computer basically. Um, He's going to shut everything down. He's going to delete and destroy everything on the computer, which I thought was what Cameron was trying to do. But he's going to do it first. That way it kind of makes – right? Well, yeah. Well, I I think think Cameron was, in a sense, 
almost trying to download all the information that the computer held. Okay. Uh, and Revok and his, you know, kind of his tech uh, support crew there basically say, well, we can't let him do that, so we're going to shut the system down. Is Geek Squad right? Oh, no. And 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 maybe by shutting down the computer while he's it would kill you know, him psychically right? logged in, yeah, it would yes. just kind of blow up on him there, you know, right? So, but uh, there's also the yeah. So so I think that that's basically one of the big sort of technological showdown scenes right. of, of this I last do second. like that part of the geek squad is that one guy that wears the shades the whole time, the sunglasses, and he's like, it's really, it's not going to be that bad when it goes down. It's really going to be fine. And he's wearing the sunglasses like he's super cool, and then he explodes, like he gets a blast. and like one explodes. <laughs> But he's like, no, nah, it's all good. It's all good. And you're like, what? Wait, well, first it'll of be all, over quickly. Let's yeah. just put it that way. <laughs> but he is able to make this entire computer system and the machines themselves blow up from the gas station, but also causes the <laughs> gas station to explode. Yeah. Because the phone lines are destroyed. Yes, yes. Well, the, the, the phone is melting in his hands, right? The, the plastic is kind of liquefying there. It's it's a pretty crazy yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. There was also that other little kind of uh, mind trick thing going on. Remember when uh, when uh, Kim and, and, and Cameron were surrounded by these policemen or their kind of oh. security guys, and she kind of projects – into the one cop's mind, uh, the image of his mother. Oh, that's right. That's it's right. Just that little, all yeah, of a sudden, yeah, yeah. You know, Kim is no longer there. It's a nice, sweet little gray haired old lady that's who's got right. a little yeah. motherly shaming look, and the guy bursts into tears and he's sorry for disappointing. It's uh-huh. like, I mean, just a just a little one off gesture, but that's just one more little. I was going to say, little, for all the head exploding, yeah. and we're going to talk <laughs> about veins. Like that was oddly one of the most yeah. disturbing things was to realize <laughs> you disappointed. Oh. <laughs> these, yeah, these scanners can do that to you. That's highly oh. disturbing. Yeah, that, now that's that's really a dirty. Right. That, yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a low just a blow. Low blow. Low blow. <laughs> yeah, take it easy. It's the mama. Right. Take it easy. <laughs> so then we have a scene which I totally didn't understand. I was really confused at this point in the movie because after destroying the computer system, oh, and Keller dies in the explosion. Right. It shows him dead underneath the door. Cameron and Kim take a cab, and I was like, why are they taking a cab? But their car blew up in the gas station yeah. explosion. Right. But they go to basically a country doctor. <laughs> like, I was so yeah. confused. I was like, why are they at a doctor's office in the middle of the suburbs? There's probably a line of exposition that got them there I'm somewhere sure. or another. Yeah. But that's basically where the big reveal happened. So I guess anybody who's hung in there long enough to, to, to track with us recognizes that, okay, we're at the point where there's going to be some explanation given yes. as to mm-hmm. why, you know, why these people are the way they are, right? And how are Revic and and uh, Cameron connected in the first place? Mm-hmm. And that's where we get into this kind of, you know, another another kind of blow uh, for the cause of paranoia. It's like, well, uh, m- medically prescribed, commercially over the counter, you know, uh, analgesics were sold back in the post-war years, mm-hmm. uh, the baby boom years, and uh, induced these kind of bizarro birth defects. And mm-hmm. of course, uh, thalidomide and any number of other things that used to be considered safe wonder drugs, mm-hmm. even things like DDT, uh, you know, people of this generation were definitely 
coming to grips with the fact that a lot of the stuff that was advertised and government sanctioned and promoted turned out to be pretty awful, mm-hmm. you know, deadly poisons mm-hmm. uh, that we were just having to deal with the effects of. And so that's kind of the big twist. Yeah, that she you gets get. scanned by a baby, by an unborn child. Yes, yes. yes. That's the discovery of like they are scanning like fetuses. Fetuses are becoming yeah. scanners. This is and all... that they're breed they're, they're breeding children yes, for this purpose, yes. who will be even more wicked and more powerful, powerful right, than right. the next mm-hmm. generation. Yeah. yeah, and they're giving this stuff to doctors. I guess just local doctors or random doctors, yeah, or yeah. I guess they found this guy through the computer system that he scanned. Oh, right, he's on the list. And he's I guess he was just the closest doctor to yeah. contact. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then uh, yeah, she gets scanned by an unborn baby. Mm-hmm. And they walk outside, and Revik's standing behind a tree. <laughs> like he's just behind <laughs> a tree <laughs> with waiting. a dart gun, and and then you know shoots camera with a dart gun. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, we've got ten more minutes left of this footage. Let's right. get that out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. There is a great. I don't know if you guys noticed, but when he pulls out the gun. There is the sound of the gun firing, but clearly nothing is coming out of that gun. It's a bad, just dumped in sound effect. Um, So now is when we get, again, a lot of the exposition that you talked about, David. Mm -hmm. So a lot, though, is revealed because Cameron wakes up in a Mm -hmm. room. He and Revik are together. Revik basically reveals all this stuff. They're brothers. Join yes. me. We can rule the world. <laughs> they can bring the world of normals to their knees. Bring That's the world right. of normals yeah. to their knees. Oh. And and their father was was the doctor. Doctor Ruth. Doctor Ruth. Yeah. Ruth was their daddy. And who's the mother? Who is the mother? Who is yeah, their who mother? Is the mother? That's what I want yeah, to know. That's true. She's been disposed of. Perhaps there's a prequel like, or something. You know yeah, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is a Scanners 2 and 3. Oh, I there's think a we should series. Watch. And, and there's there a might Scanner be four, Cop. Actually. I think there were five altogether. There's, there's oh, one called Scanners Co- Scanner Cops and then Scanner Cops 2. But Cronenberg wow. had nothing to do with any of them. So okay. it, it did become a franchise. Scanner of Cops? That sounds like the worst thing ever yeah, or the best yeah, thing ever. <laughs> What can we do to make this even more scary? Right, right. <laughs> All right. So, Jamie, do you want to take us? Do you want to take us through the final battle? Oh my and gosh! Just describe this epic in battle. horrific detail. It is. It is a banner to uh, a battle to the scanner degree, right? Yeah, like yeah, they, like yeah. uh, at one point, um, Cameron's got his hands alongside his head, and it almost looks like he's just shaking air. Like it's like you said, as, as a director, it was must have just been like, okay. You're just fed up. You just want to, you got it? Because that's that's what you get. And yeah, then, we're going to be downing like 10 espressos right before we shoot <laughs> yeah, this scene. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and let's just, balls to the wall, guys. Let's just, and they do. It's just yeah. a back and forth. And we watch their veins slowly enlarge yeah. and explode. And right, they they never t- t- they never lay hands on each no, other. No, it's, it's no, just, it's all just standing done there, the just scan. It's all done. It's purely so, mental. Right, it's all done through the scan. It's so intense. I, I was thinking early on though how Cameron hit him in the head with like a paperweight. I immediately oh, yeah, thought yeah, I was yeah. like, "Wait, you're a scanner? What are you doing, man? You can't do a <laughs> fight like this." But that was the only time. You're right that they yeah. ever touched each other or made any sort of contact i mean it gets so intense that his heart sizzles out of his chest yeah right it's crazy like and you get to watch it all kind of happen like 
slowly. But yeah, well, that's and I think that's one of the things that made this movie very distinctive. It was very an unblinking, mm-hmm. like we're going to give you all this physical nastiness and we're yeah. not going to cut the and camera. And we're not going to let you guess at what happens next. Right, like, right, you know? right, right. Yeah. You're going to just, you're sort of stuck there watching it. And again, believe me, you know, the horror movie genre has gone into all sorts of different explicit directions, but this was truly mind-blowing stuff. I mean, it's, you know a, I mean? it's amazing. Yeah. When you think about the practical effects that were used yeah. in mm-hmm. this film, that Nobody would mm-hmm. do this, you know. It would, and and I don't know, David or or yeah. Jamie. Do you watch the uh, TV show Fargo? Do you watch that at all? I no, just I, I saw don't. the Coen Brothers movie, no. but I haven't okay. watched the TV mm-hmm. show. It's a great TV show. I've heard, yeah, but it bothers me to no end because the blood is always CGI. People are always mm-hmm. getting shot in the head. The blood is clearly CGI, and it looks yeah. so bad. Mm-hmm. And for as yeah. bad as some of this stuff looked. It was just – it was so refreshing and it was just like, wow, they must have put like these weird like pouches and – Yeah, and, and then filled inflated them, them somehow like or yeah. injected yeah. liquid. Yeah, right, right. Or like yeah. ballooned them out well, somehow, yeah. Right. And, and, and there's – even if you recognize, oh, this is artificer, you've watched it enough times to sort of wear the shock value down. Mm-hmm. It's like they're still making something happen. It's oh, not yeah. just – it's just not a – a gloss of an image. Yep. That no, no. And that, 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 there's just, just, there's something much more visceral to a scene when you feel like the people in that room were <laughs> getting sprayed. You see every minute. You know, yeah, no, it's pretty <laughs> epic. And, it is. And also just, I mean, if it doesn't work, just how on the edge of their seats, this crew must've been like this, this oh, better yeah. work. Cause if it doesn't, hours and hours are just lost. Yeah, like, yeah, if we yeah, clean yeah. everything up and start yeah, all over yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> We can't digitally fix this or anything right, like that. Right. At one, yeah. I mean, there's some stuff that isn't that. Like Cameron's eyes pop out of his head at one point; it's they just wild. explode. Yeah, it's not the greatest effect, and yeah. you know, but but, but for still, all of that, that all of that stuff. happens. It's not just like. It's, but they're going for it. Yes, yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, yeah. They've won. We've won. Scanners won. Well, how did they, how did they? The good well, they're both won. scanners. Come on. Well. <laughs> It, they did win. The good scanners win because Kim busts in after this big epic showdown mm-hmm. where we basically see that Revik is winning. Well, yeah, you see, you know, Cameron's body is getting trashed. He's, I mean, he's, he's on fire and doesn't right. have a heart anymore or eyes. Yeah, he's going to have a hard time coming back from this That's one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it he's, appears that he was able to, again, scanners can do whatever we want them to do at any time. Right, uh, he was able to switch bodies. Right, yeah, with Revic. inhabited. Right, he mind swapped. Yes. He mind swapped. He mind swapped. So yeah. Revic was the one on fire at the end, and the yeah. charred body on the ground. Or and at least Revic's mind has been overpowered and right. subdued. Yes, so that maybe it's still somewhere in Revic's body, but. Now Cameron, who's operating Revix, but the scars no longer corpses. on Revix's head, right? Oh, the scar okay. is gone. Oh. Yeah, that's a good catch. I didn't notice he's... that till the second time I watched right. it. <laughs> and his eye color is different too. That's right. Yeah, yeah. he's got he's got those yeah. green eyes, right? Yes. right. Mm-hmm. And again, I think maybe that's the only reason Lack got the job because of those eyes. Those yeah. eyes. Ooh, eyes. was like, listen, uh, we've seen greater actors. Yeah. But I know the ending, and we got the contacts. He was so. like, and all you got to do is scan. 
All you got to do is scan people, so you like, don't even just, have to have that good Can you just twitch? Can yeah. you twitch? Because yeah. if you can, you got the part. How's your seizures? Twitch and yeah. just we'll, look freaked yeah. out. Yeah. We'll, we'll record all your dialogue in a few months. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's okay. I got a sound booth. Everything's It's all groovy, great. right. <laughs> but anyway, that is the end of this movie. That's the end of Scanners. Good Scanners win, bad Scanners lose. True. I don't know how there's more movies since it's all wrapped well, up. But <laughs> I think, well, I think you've got this ultra scanner here who's perhaps, I mean, I, I could spin some plots out where maybe the the evil Revic part starts to kind of come out of dormancy. Yeah, and, yeah. And so you've got this kind of psychic civil war happening within the same body. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Maybe right. he's using his powers for good, but all of a sudden it gets well, what twisted. what tempts him to be more evil. bad? Like maybe there's something out there yeah. that can yeah. kind of tempt the, the, the negativity and, and tempt the power. And, and, and what that about that scanner fetus? What happened to that little Right, child, you know? yeah. <laughs> what is that out to become? True. <laughs> now, David, I've never seen yeah. any more scanner movies, but I would be willing to bet that your plot is better than whatever <laughs> those are. are. <laughs> <laughs> I sketched it about three minutes off the, off the top <laughs> of my head. Right. Sure. There you go. Maybe by not overthinking it too much, it uh, stays a little more fresh and vital, right? <laughs> so the way we end this is, yeah. and and this, you know, uh, it has nothing to do with the great scanner aficionados out there who are going to correct all the mistakes we've made. But, David, would you recommend that people see this movie? No one's ever seen Scanners. Oh. Okay. Should they see it? And if so, why? And if not... If not, you don't need to say any more. Well, I, th- I think, you know, it's, it, I mean, for what it is, it's it's a it's a time capsule of a certain place in time uh, in, in terms of the development of horror cinema and the career of David Cronenberg, who I think is a pretty serious, significant director. Mm-hmm. We, we've, I think, touched on a lot of the, you know, the more interesting speculations and, and you know, philosophical aspects of, you know, consciousness and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, just how people operate, you know, the, 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 the conspiracy theories, the, mm-hmm. the powers of corporations and governments and secrets and lies and all of that. So these are all themes that I think continue to apply and speak to us in our own times. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and these ideas have been amplified and built on. So there's, there's, I think there's some substance and depth to this movie. Okay. It's also just kind of a, 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 you know, as we've said, you know, there are some pretty genuine shocks and surprises. If so, if mm-hmm. you're into that kind of thing mm-hmm. and, and you don't really know a lot, going in obviously if you listen to this podcast you've heard a lot, a lot of it but but as far as as you know obviously some people are going to be grossed out not everybody's going to be into sure. this kind right. of you know low budget horror but i think if you want to talk about is it you know quote unquote criterion worthy for sure i mean mm-hmm. you know cronenberg has has a pretty distinguished career he he, he broke new ground these movies have a, a pretty significant following, mm-hmm. and uh, and you can you can watch them multiple times and still pick up new stuff. Mm. So yeah, I, I think that, and and then Criterion put a very nice package together. I haven't watched the supplements on this one, but going back to Videodrome, one of their mm-hmm. older Cronenberg releases, that that disc is stacked, and that's all kinds of interesting stuff going on. So I imagine that the, the special features here uh, are of a pretty similar mm-hmm. quality. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, there, there's cinema history, there's ideas, there's entertainment value. 
uh, there isn't necessarily great acting. <laughs> so no. If you're if you're looking for the you know the art of drama and performance, well, okay, you know, right. four out of five ain't bad. You know, I, even the soundtrack is kind of cool, kind of that that kind of late seventies, early eighties uh, synthy techno sure. type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a nice package. Okay. All right. Yeah. Jamie, what do you think? Well, it, it is. <laughs> it was a wild ride for me, having never seen it, having just. Uh, it, it was not my type of movie, I will say. Right. But I do have a I, – I mean, I don't know if we're going to do recommendations. Are we doing recommendations? Oh, we will. We will. Okay. Certainly. Okay. So I, 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 I definitely respect it, and I definitely um, would say depending on your, your movie types or preferences, mm-hmm. I would recommend it. But for myself, no, I wouldn't want to watch it okay. again. Okay. I, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I mean – when we decided to do this movie, I was like, "Oh, this is this is like RoboCop all over again. <laughs> like this is, yeah. this is something Jamie is not gonna dig." But um, no, I mean, in watching it, like I, I did, you know, I, I definitely and and like you're saying, David, I did get a lot of the different the the, the messages and what's underlying. But it just again, just not my not my jam for for a movie. And no, and and that's that's very fair. I think I come in somewhere in between you guys. Okay. Um, to be honest, I don't think it's a big recommend for me only because if you're a big Cronenberg fan, first of all, you've probably seen it. But mm-hmm. right. if you are, yes, you should see it. Right. But I really point to his other movies. And and David, like you had said, I mean this is bookended by um, Videodrome and The Brood, mm-hmm. which I think both are so far above this film. It's it's astounding, and I'm not saying that he took a step yeah. back because I think this leads him to where he was going to go. Right. But I just think plot wise, I think uh, acting wise, I just I I just think it's it's less interesting than a lot of other work that he's done. Mm-hmm. And I can appreciate parts of this movie. Certainly, I mean the effects are amazing at times mm-hmm. for their time. It's incredible, and. I would say that Michael Ironside as Revic is phenomenal. Like anytime mm-hmm. he was on screen, I was like, yeah. he's so great in this mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think it's up to snuff for me. Yeah, well, and like I said at the beginning, this isn't the kind of film like, you know, when I get around to blogging about mm-hmm. this type of thing, I'm going to give it a quickie review. Sure. Mm-hmm. For my taste, you know, the Ingmar Bergmans, the Kurosawas, the classic art house stuff, you know, that that's really what got me into the Criterion collection and I, I respect Criterion's eclecticism and their diversity. Mm-hmm. I, they, they do like, you know, kind of screwball comedies from the 1930s, experimental stuff that's completely nonlinear, plotless, but, but fascinating visuals. Right. They do, you know, uh, schlocky horror stuff mm-hmm. and they do modern art house stuff. So, you know, they've, they've basically got representation across all genres, eras, a lot of different nations, certainly not all nations, but, you know, th- this has its place, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, it's, it's this, this isn't my my total cup of tea. Even some of my Criterion cast friends are a lot more into the horror stuff than I am. Well, and I think, uh, you know, I think maybe I agree with Jamie there in that I can see the value in a film like this. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just nothing that I would probably pick up for another 10 years, you know, well, if that, uh, yeah. and check and it was, out. So If yeah. it didn't have the big C on it, I probably wouldn't have it in my collection either. So <laughs> well, there's no. all that, you know. But but I, I, I do have fond memories of it from the past, but just as I saw it back in the drive-in in 1982 right. doesn't mean I have to have it on my shelf in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I will, and I will say, and I know that this isn't a Criterion podcast, but 
Yeah. The packaging is amazing. Like, oh, it's the illustrations, yeah. the artwork. It's it's an incredible package. So mm-hmm. it's worth it just for that. Mm. But the film, maybe not so much. Although the interviews were great. Okay, so let's move on. Um, Jamie, would you like to give us your recommendation? Yeah, mine's not a movie. It's actually, I just recently stumbled upon a TV series um, called Black Mirror. Oh, you know this TV series? I, I have seen Black Mirror, and it's amazing. It is really... Most of them are amazing, yes. Yes, it is a really good... It's kind of very dark, very sci-fi, very... Mm-hmm. Uh, speaks to modern society. It's British, correct? And I think it's only on Netflix. I think that's where I saw it. Um, but it's, And like it's, most British shows, there's like four episodes yeah, per the, season. Yeah, the seasons it's are like short. It's like Twilight Zone. Like, it's very Twilight yes, Zone-y. Yes, it's very Twilight yes. zone yes. Yes, mm-hmm. but I, like, I would say 10 minutes into Scanners, I was reminded, and mind you, this has been a new uh, series that I've been kind of Netflixing, and so instantly I was like, oh, this kind of reminds me of Black Mirror, except I like Black Mirror better, so, um, <laughs> but I would recommend that. I would just recommend that uh, um, if you kind of think outside the box, it's just a, a good TV series to check out, and if you have Netflix, of course, because it's, it's, it's a good show. No. It's yeah. a Netflix series. Or yeah, or no, it? it's it's a TV. I think series. it's a it's a BBC yes. series, okay. mm-hmm. but okay. Netflix yeah. has it. And has I think it. they're all up mm-hmm. to date. Yeah, but it's really good. And each uh, each episode is a different cast. Like you said, it's like the Twilight Zone. Each episode is a different cast. It's a different setting. It's a different reality. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I I recommend that. I didn't have a movie right. though. So. Very good. No, you don't need a movie. I'm all right. Don't worry. David, do you want me to go? Do you have a... Yeah, go ahead. I've, okay. I've got some ideas, but... Uh, um, the only thing I'm going to recommend is another Canadian sci-fi horror film oh. about telepathy. But it's very new. It's from 2010, and it's called Beyond the Black Rainbow. Oh. Has anybody seen that? No. no. I've heard about it. I've okay. Never seen it is, if you think Scanners is slow and boring at times, then don't watch this. It's deliberately very slow, but it's a very good film. Uh, the visuals are amazing. The, the, the soundtrack, the music is great. And um, if you do like Scanners, I think it's sort of a modern Scanners. I oh, think that's the best way to, okay, to describe it. So, And I think that's also on Netflix. Look at us. We're just recommending Netflix. I know. Netflix, if you want to toss us a few bucks, <laughs> we'll we can do this it. every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, do you have anything? Yeah, my, my recommendation is going back to a name I dropped earlier, and it's, it's the work of John Lilly. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you just want to sort of get into some of the – uh, kind of mental space and some of the ideas and theories and speculations that might have informed Cronenberg. Uh, just do a Google search for John Lilly. Uh, he wrote a couple books. Uh, the Center of the cool. Cyclone was kind of his most famous. He also wrote one called uh, uh, Lilly on Dolphins, which basically gets into some uh-huh. of his dolphin research. And another couple, uh, The Scientist, which is kind of his autobiography a little later in his career. And another one called Simulations of God, The Science of Belief. And these are all fil- books that I was reading at the, at the around the time of watching this movie. So ah. there's a pretty natural connection in my yeah, memory yeah. of just kind of this kind of far out, you know, you know, what is consciousness? How does, how does the mind work? Why do we right. believe what we do? And, and how do different forces shape 
our our opinions on these matters. So, uh, you know, again, John Lilly is nice. probably not a, a household name to a lot of people, but he's, you know, whether you want to get, go out and buy a book or just do a little bit of Google research, find a website or two, there's some fascinating information out there. So uh, I'll throw that out there for no, you. No, that's Groovy, groovy nice. You. That's great. David, thank you, first of all, for yeah, coming. I, I yeah. really yeah. do appreciate it. It was a lot of fun for us. Um, it was great having you. Yes. Well, thank you. Where yeah, can people great. find you? Yeah. What do you want people to know about well, you? Well, okay, so my blog is right, Criterion Reflections. Uh, it's a blog spot, just a blogger blog, nothing real fancy there. Uh, but just Google that and you'll find it. I write for a CriterionCast.com website. Been doing reviews there and podcasts. So, uh, you know, you can just find my page, and, and there's a lot of great stuff on that site, uh, movie-related stuff. Not all Criterion, but mostly around that theme. Uh, so those are my two main spots. I do a podcast called The Eclipse Viewer. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, the films of Nagase Oshima, uh, Japanese director of the 1960s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, pretty pretty out there kind of guy as well. Yeah. He's uh, very experimental, very stylistically challenging. Every movie he made, he wanted to make very different from the previous one that he did. Uh, intellectual, but also, you know, kind of touches on some pretty sensitive and sometimes scandalous mm-hmm. and shocking territory of a different sort than the kind of, you know, body horror that we saw today. But actually, there's some overlap in some of his films as well. So There's fewer than one that, yeah. exploding head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's some there's some pretty uh, incredibly crazy stuff that happens in his film. No, thank you. And, and really, yeah. I mean, it, awesome. it, you know, you're saying that this stuff is a bit heady, but I do know that we have a handful of listeners that also listen to Criterion Cast and yeah, I'm sure yeah. Eclipse viewers. So, Well, and I love making the connection. Yeah, That's the message really isn't lost on our me. audience. <laughs> no, of course yeah. not, right. And, and I, and I, I you know, it, it, all different moods for all different, uh, all different movies for different moods. Yeah, you know? oh, definitely. So sometimes I want yeah, to right dig on. deep. Sometimes I just want to munch Some the fluff. popcorn and have a laugh definitely. and, and uh, you know, have a crowd over and, and have, be entertained. And sure. watch it's a little good. Beethoven, too. Just a little Beethoven, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I knew exactly. you were a fan. I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have happy memories bringing my kids to this movie. So, yeah, of course. Yeah, for sure. All right, so connects. anyway, everybody, you can follow us, as you know, on Twitter, uh, GTGMcast, and we're on Facebook, just Good Times, Great Movies. That's us. Jamie, in two weeks. In mm-hmm. two weeks. Yeah. The Academy Awards, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes. yes. Are you boycotting? I mean, I know that they asked us to go in place of <laughs> Jada and Will Pinkett Smith. I'm going to call him Will Pinkett Smith. I think that's that's not terrible. You can, yeah. Okay. So yeah. we're not, worse, I'm sure. That's right. <laughs> so we're not going to be boycotting the Academy Awards. I decided to pick an Academy Award-winning film from the 80s. That's right. Um, now, um, this film, and, and I did some research. I think there was this is the only film in history to win an Academy Award uh-huh. and a Razzie oh. in the same category. Oh. And the category is Best Original Song, and the film is Purple Rain. Wow. I give it a round. I'm excited to jam to this one. I know. I mean, it's yeah. been, what, one film since we've had music and dancing and (laughs) all that nonsense so i feel like we need to get back into it right (laughs) but anyway that's what we're going to do in two weeks purple rain everybody watch it before we talk about it 
And um, again, David, thank you for coming on. It's, Many We really appreciate it. Yeah. Yes. My pleasure, and let's do it again. Sometime. Thank you very awesome. much. Awesome. All right, everybody, we will talk to you in two weeks. Ciao, ciao. Good night. some help. You're the only one that could give it to me. <laughs> then I think you're in big trouble, chum. <laughs>